The Blaze Radio Network. On demand. Prepare yourself to ingest current events, pop culture, and politics with a side of Latin flair. Vices. I don't have to show you any stinking vices. This is the Chris Salcedo Show on the Blaze Radio Network. Hey, welcome back. It's the Chris Salcedo Show. I'm glad you've tuned into the program. We'll get into some other uh, other issues of import uh, coming off Obamacare. Now we're going to talk a little bit about what's happening abroad. Because just because we're having all of these political discussions here at home and the Democrats can't handle a, a Trump victory doesn't mean that the, the world is getting any safer. Let's talk about it with a trusted uh, individual here on the Chris Salcedo Show, Major General Paul Vallely, U.S. Army retired, chairman of Stand Up America and one of the many spokespersons for the Special Operations OPSEC Education Fund. General Vallely served in Vietnam, retired in 1993 as Deputy Commanding General Pacific Command. General, it's been a long time, sir. Thank you for being back here on the Chris Salcedo Show. For the kind invitation again. All right. Well, sir, uh, let's, let's, let's get moving on uh, North Korea. Now, look. Everybody that's been giving me, and, 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 and I've been talking to off the air and, and watching on television, said there are basically no good options here in North Korea. If worse comes to worse, what can we do? Well, uh, we've had plans regarding North Korea for over five decades now, working with uh, the South Korean forces and bolstering with their strength. So you have uh, basically uh, a shroud around North Korea. In terms of our 7th Fleet, uh, our Air Forces, the South Korean Japanese Armed Forces, uh, and uh, we have a tremendous intelligence capability that we watch everything that goes on in North Korea 24 hours a day. So if they heat up a rocket, it goes hot, we can watch it. Uh, so uh, we're in a very good position uh, to keep uh, or tamp down, hopefully, uh, North Korea and their ambitions and then continue to try to move China uh, forward to do uh, the required actions to uh, uh, keep North Korea under control in regards to the ballistic missiles, nuclear development program. So we have a number of options out there. And, uh, uh, of course, times the worst, uh, you know, we'll know uh, if they're going to launch or if they do launch. We have an anti-missile capability. We have nuclear and uh, non-nuclear weapon conventional capability from our fleet and from the armed forces of the U.S. and South Korea, as well as uh, the South Korean armed forces. Right. It's it's common knowledge that the United States of America has the potential to completely annihilate North Korea, and that's not been the issue. Yeah. It's been their conventional capability aimed at our allies in Seoul, mm-hmm. in, in South Korea. Mm-hmm. My question to you is, right. do we have intelligence that's good enough and targeting systems that are sophisticated enough to target those conventional weapon platforms, I'm talking about the major, those huge guns that fire those massive shells that could, could lay waste to Seoul 30 miles away from the DMZ. Do we have the ability to take out those positions simultaneously? Well, what comes in place uh, first, Chris, is the intelligence and the accuracy uh, of that intelligence. Now, South Korea does have intel agents in North Korea, Okay. Okay. Uh, we have the satellite capability. Uh, we can look down, see down, and watch as they move. They've placed a lot of things, of course, underground. Uh, but uh, there's a vigilant uh, 
uh, I would say, analysis each day in the command centers in South Korea that track anything that moves. Uh, so I would say 90% of the targets uh, are in the database. So if we get any indications from the intel agents in North Korea that they're going to conduct a launch uh, against South Korea, they may get a few leakers off initially, uh, but certainly w- within an hour we would retaliate with uh, overwhelming um offensive capability against North Korea. We hope that won't happen, but we have the capability to do that. Our guest is the former Deputy Commanding General of Pacific Command, Major General Paul Vallely. Let's switch to to ISIS. Uh, it seems the news accounts are detailing victory after victory after victory, and, and many are saying it's because it's there's been a change at the top. We finally have a pro-American president who is willing to win. Um, is that your assessment? Yes, and uh, as uh, President Trump uh, outlined, you know, prior to uh, uh, his election as the president, said we would uh, basically neutralize and destroy ISIS in the Levant, uh, primarily talking about uh, Syria uh, and Iraq. Uh, When I was in Moscow two months ago, I was the U.S. representative to speak there on the Middle East. We had 12 uh, Arab nations there, including Egypt, uh, including UAE, Saudi Arabia, and so on. And we pretty much came to the agreement, even from the Arab nations, that uh, ISIS would be terminated by the end of this year, uh, as far as a uh, organization that occupies Rakao and Mosul, and both of those uh, major cities now are pretty much near the end. Even ISIS members, Chris, are trying to find a way to get the heck out of there. Nobody will take them. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, so it's interesting. They want, they want to leave. <laughs> Things aren't going well for them. Yeah. Well, and again, a, a, a change in mindset at the top, I think, is uh, was key, as a matter of fact, when you've got uh, uh, individuals who are, who are – uh, pundits over on NBC saying that this kind of stuff would never have happened under under Obama, meaning these victories. Uh, it says something. Uh, let's turn to Russia. And I, well, look, th- th- this whole thing with the intelligence and the interfering with the elections and, and, and all that kind of stuff is is a separate discussion. But I am concerned about their military prowess, which my understanding is we we best them in almost every category. And I have long advocated for, even when Obama was in office, a military response to the Russian invasion of Ukraine. What is your take on that, militarily speaking, uh, and with the knowledge, I think we all understand that that Russia doesn't want a real conflict with the United States. They just want to be a pain in our butts. So what would, how would an engagement like that go as far as you're concerned uh, with, with U.S. forces pushing back perhaps Russia out of Ukraine? Well, first of all, uh, Chris, we've got to deal with today and tomorrow. We can do nothing about yesterday, uh, only learn from it. Uh, and uh, on the other hand, when after visiting Moscow several months ago, uh, the Russians really want to work with us. They're not as bad and evil as many people would think they are. Um, and so uh, I think uh, uh, Secretary Tillerson and Trump realized we're not going to get anything solved in the Middle East and some other areas unless we work with Russia, just as we've done. Russia's never attacked the United States, when you think about it. And they have their reasons when you look through their eyes of why they went into a very corrupt Ukraine uh, and they wanted to take the naval base back uh, in Crimea. 
And so they had their reasons for doing this, just as we had reasons for going into Iraq, uh, into other areas of the Middle East, as we've done, being very provocative. So um, I think we have to have the mindset to move forward here. And Putin, Russia will do what they want to do and need to do, just as we should be doing in other countries. Doesn't say it's all correct uh, or uh, right, but on the other hand, uh, we need to work with Russia, uh, and they are more conducive to working with us now with with Putin and Trump, and we'll see what comes out of their meeting uh, uh, definitively, especially about Syria. Uh, Last question I have for you, because I know you still keep in touch with uh, uh, people that are in in the military, Uh, the, the readiness and the status of our forces. Uh, you know that the uh, under the last administration, climate change has been the guiding principle inside of our military. You've had these social experiments that have been going on inside of our military. You know about the cut in spending, about uh, our aircraft and our ships having to cannibalize parts just to remain effective, and only half of our forces are effective. Uh, is there a turnaround there that you've been hearing about now that, uh, again, now that there's been a change at the top? Yeah, there's a tremendous turnaround in three areas. First of all, General Mattis, uh, they're not going to do social engineering anymore. The only big remaining issue there is the transgender situation, and that's being discussed now. But the second major thing is that President Trump and the White House have given the regional commanders uh, the authority to do what they have to do in their area of operation. So he's uh, taken out uh, the... uh, direction of everything from the White House when it comes to military operations like in the Middle East or in other areas, uh, or South Korea, for example. Uh, third is the morale is uh, uh, increasing and becoming very, very positive in the military from the input I'm getting. They're glad to see we have a very positive leader uh, in the White House now, as well as the Department of Defense and the Secretary of State, where the military works you know, around the world with our State Department in some areas. So it's all very positive. Yeah. There's a lot more to do to uh, drain the swamp uh, <laughs> even in the Pentagon. <laughs> nice so job. Hey, hey um, uh, General, I, I got I to gotta scoot him up against the clock here. Major General sure. Paul sure. Vallely, everybody, uh, uh, one, of our, one of our go-to guys when we want to talk about uh, mil- U.S. military concerns. U.S. Army retired. Uh, and he is a spokesperson for the Special Operations OPSEC Education Fund. General, have a great weekend, sir. Thanks for being here on the Salcedo Show. Thank you, Chris. 800-288-WB. I, got, I had the wrong number again. I, I, almost, I almost got it all out there, didn't I, Ellie? I almost got the whole dang thing. Almost. Triple eight. I know, I caught myself. Triple eight nine hundred thirty three ninety three eight 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 nine zero zero three three nine three. Uh, when we get back, a couple of more things I want to roll out before we talk to Mary Ramirez coming up at the bottom of the hour. Chris Salcedo Show, Friday edition on The Blaze. You're listening to The Chris Salcedo Show. The Blaze Radio Network. Salcedo is on the Blaze Radio Network. Fox News doing a good report on the Trump administration's cracking down on illegal aliens. Uh, I guess this might slow 
the degradation of America as uh, progressives want to build up the entitlement state and then uh, open up the entitlement state to every, every Tom, Dick, and Harry around the globe, whoever can get here illegally. Uh, at least the Trump administration is trying to say, well, there's a reason why we have uh, immigration laws and they ought to be adhered to, and the crackdown is here. Tuesday morning in L.A., ICE agents prepare to arrest criminal aliens in a city that protects them. First up, Carlos Sanchez, a gang member convicted of multiple felonies. Across town, agents look for Eduardo Jimenez. They catch him trying to escape. Can I tell my wife? We'll give you a phone call soon we get situated. Convicted of alien smuggling, theft, and two DUIs, L.A. released Jimenez from jail. Uh, I don't want to let that go. Hold on a minute. What, what was he convicted of? And two DUIs, L.A. alien smuggling, theft, and two DUIs. Alien smuggling, theft, and a couple of driving under the influence convictions. And L.A. says, this is who we want mixing in with our citizens. Illegal aliens coming into this country, committing felonies, and... Los Angeles says it's wholly appropriate for us to uh, let them get on the streets and expose them to you, American citizens, so they can kill one of you. We brought up the story here. We've been trying to get to it for the last couple of days on the Chris Salcedo show about the seven-time deportee. You heard me right. Deported seven times, a felon, decides he wants to get liquored up on, you know, one, no, not, not one, 12, 12 cans of beer and go out and kill somebody. And the left wing goes, oh, that guy's got rights. Don't, don't deport him. Let's just keep him in the country. You racist. Oh, so I, to prove I'm not a racist, I have to say, I want illegal alien felons here drinking and driving and killing people. Right. L.A. released Jimenez from jail after a hit and run. It's rude that I can be here without papers. You work? Yeah, I'm worried about, well, everybody works, and there's a lot of people the same as me, so. Do they blame Trump? Yeah. Oh, that guy. Yeah. <laughs> That guy, yeah, that guy, Donald Trump, screwing up a good thing. Screwing up uh, illegal activity all over the place. Oh, that guy, you know. Hey, everybody's doing it. You know, illegals are, illegals are here. I mean, California practically invites me. Messed up everything. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> Did you hear that? That guy is messing up everything, Donald Trump. Hold on. Do they blame Trump? Yeah. Oh, that guy. Messed up everything. I feel like this is <laughs> Can I tell you guys something? Can I, let, let me tell you something. You're liberty-loving Latino. I take this from me. I am incredibly happy that illegal activity is being screwed up. As a matter of fact, I like it when illegal activity is screwed up. And you know what? I think we need more of screwing with illegal activity. As a matter of fact, the entire state of California is just one big illegal alien crap show. And I would like to see all of California screwed with. Sanchez also blames Trump. What Trump is doing is just insanity. You know, he's not looking at the criminals. He's looking at 
you know, just because you got uh, misdemeanors. Yet according to ICE, even with his controversial crackdown, President Trump is on track to deport significantly fewer criminal and non-criminal immigrants than President Obama. Police chiefs across the nation. Let me let me take that stat. You all know that stat from Obama, from the era of Obama was phony because resident Obama was counting the, the, the people that they stopped at the border and said, up, ah, stop there, turn around, go back the other way. And they counted that as a deportation. That's not a deportation. And Trump's not counting those. Believe that enlisting local police to enforce immigration law is a bad idea. We're not asking them to enforce immigration law. We're just asking them to allow us to do our jobs. Two sanctuary states, four counties, and four cities are currently under a legal review by the Attorney General, including Las Vegas, where today he urged Clark County to cooperate with ICE. Uh, too many jurisdictions still refuse to cooperate with the federal immigration authorities regarding illegal aliens who commit crimes. I, I have to say this, that those municipalities who are not cooperating with the federal government, they deserve to be punished. You guys heard my conversation with Michael McCall yesterday, and I was asking him, shouldn't we be throwing Democrats, let's be honest who they are, they're Democrats, shouldn't we be throwing Democrats in jail when they come up with policies that thumb their nose at federal immigration law? I mean, Let's be, let's be honest. My butt would be thrown in jail if I violated federal law, right? Why can't we throw elected Democrats into jail when they violate federal law? The state of California is passing a law that makes the entire damn state a sanctuary state. Now, I, I was a little rhetorical here a minute ago saying I wanted the whole state of California disrupted. I'm talking about the government. There's a lot of good people out in California who believe in the rule of law, who see it's, it's turned into a crap show out there. And they don't deserve to be screwed with. But everybody else who is in government, everybody's in, majority of those folks out there in government deserve to for making laws like this. And Tucker Carlson had the Orange County Sheriff on. And this was, and the, the Orange County Sheriff was reacting to this sanctuary state law. I mean, it's not like illegal aliens in California are having a tough time anyway. California has more illegals than any state by far. I mean, a huge percentage of your population is there illegally. So what was the need that gave rise to this bill, or is it purely a symbolic act aimed at the administration? It's a symbolic act aimed at the administration, in my opinion, but more importantly, it places Californians at risk. Now, why does it do that? Because it forbids sheriffs like Sheriff Hutchison here or Hutchins, I should say, Hutchins. If Sheriff Hutchins arrests a seven-time deportee, a felon, and wants him, him or her deported, deported, the state of California is now prohibiting the sheriff from reporting that to the federal government. So, so Los Angeles can take that illegal alien felon or these other municipalities can take that illegal alien felon and release him or her onto the streets to harm Americans. That's what the law inside of California would do. And the sheriff says, I'm supposed to be protecting the American people, not harming them. And these Democrats in California are protecting the illegal alien felons. The Chris Salcedo Show will be right back. The Blaze Radio Network.
listening to The Chris Salcedo Show on the Blaze Radio Network. Of being uh, being uh, impacted by these right. criminals who are getting released to the street. Wait, so, so, wait, I'm, how, wait, so if the state of California can say to the feds, we're, we're just ignoring your law, then why can't Orange County say to the state of California, we're ignoring your law? I mean, would you abide by these terms or would you notify the feds if you apprehended an illegal... Know, you know, we've already asked the question, we've asked legal counsel, Cal State Sheriffs, has, of which I'm a member, has asked legal counsel, and we would be subject to, uh, we'd be subject to being prosecuted if we didn't follow the state law. Oh. But it puts us in a hor- you make a great point, it puts us in a terrible position of violating federal law, not cooperating with federal authorities. So isn't that typical of leftist folks? I mean, we, we saw this with, uh, with, well, we've made the comparison with the illegal immigration or with the immigration laws and Obamacare. If we decided we didn't want to comply with Obamacare, which is a federal law, liberals would go nuts and they would pledge to prosecute us. So there you heard Sheriff Hutchins basically saying, yeah, we checked into this. And even though California would be violating federal law and then getting off scot-free, they would prosecute us for violating their law. It's it's. It's Banana Republic cronyism. It's Banana Republic socialism. Uh, basically, do as I say, not as I do government. And it's, it, it's not, well, it's social justice. That's what it is. It's social justice, meaning the absence of justice. Oh, we, 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 we'll, we will determine which laws are good to follow, and we are the American left. It's not the rule of law, folks. And, and, God bless Tucker for bringing this uh, to our attention. Uh, Mary Ramirez standing by, as you guys can probably hear her clicking there in the background. Yes, I could hear your mouse. Um, <laughs> hey, I tried to mute. My Skype updated. Yeah, oh, yeah I know. My, you know what? I can't see. Well, actually, I can't see the mute. Um, you know what? I'm not a fan of this new version. I'm not a fan. The buttons are not right there. It's like, what the heck? I know. I didn't update it either. <laughs> hey, welcome. Uh, glad you made it, everybody. For those of you who don't know, Mary Ramirez. Uh, long-time contributor here to the Chris Salcedo Show. And uh, what are we writing about this week? Well, Chris, um, the issue I'm writing about this week, it, you know, it might not seem necessarily as, as pressing to people as some of the other issues you just described, the illegal immigration crisis. Uh, just a moment ago, you were talking to the general about North Korea. But this particular issue, I think that the implications long-term are just as eroding and ultimately detrimental to sane society. Um so this article uh, got passed along to me some, from a magazine. I think it's Marie Claire or some other lifestyle magazine um, passed along to me this week. And the title was Dear Parents to Be, Stop Celebrating Your Baby's Gender. And, of course, it caught my eye because not only because, you know, we're, we are going to be finding out our unborn child's gender here in, in just a couple of weeks. Cheater. Um, <laughs> hey, come on. Cheater. I'm not that patient. I'm not that patient. Cheater. And do it. My mom and dad did it with four kids. And I, you know what? God bless them. I don't have the patience, I tell mm. you. But anyway, um, you know, we had, we had to do like a Salcedo Swarm poll, like get people to vote and see what the, where the votes <laughs> well, lie it's kind here, of It's kind of 50-50 odds. Well, you know what? Unless, <laughs> unless you use, a, what, how many options now have, the, have leftists told us that we have for uh, sex, uh, 26 26 um, well, different Well, Facebook, it's in the, uh, in the 90s, if oh, I'm not mistaken. Good grief. Good yeah. Well, whatever. <laughs> well, which feeds right into into the article. Um, you know, this woman is essentially saying that 
assigning gender or celebrating the gender, but assigning, assigning meaning you're looking at an ultrasound or you're looking at the child, him or herself when they're born and looking at the anatomy, um, that assigning that gender and making that decision for the child before they can make it themselves is somehow narcissistic and cruel and unfair to that child. What? No, I you're going to have to explain this to me because, you know, when it comes to left wing idiocy, I, you really have to go slow because I really don't understand. So they're saying that if you are celebrating, oh, it's a boy or oh, it's a girl, you shouldn't do that because why? Because it's narcissistic, because it's essentially unfair to, to the child, because they haven't had an opportunity to feel for themselves what they are emotionally. So, and, so let's, let, me, let me just carry this out. So what they're saying is if, if the child is a girl and the child grows up to hate being a girl, you shouldn't take that hate away from them uh, by, by loving the fact that they're a girl. I, sure. I mean, they... <laughs> is, that so what I'm, is that what I'm understanding? Is that... Is, or, or, well, the, I, and, and, yeah. I mean, I address this in the article too, that, that you've got little girls anatomically, biologically, genetically born little girls that don't necessarily grow up loving, you know, pink dresses and, and dolls and so on and so forth. And that's fine. Um, but what these people want to do is take personal preference and opinion and change science and change genetics. They, they're literally sitting here and saying, it doesn't matter that your 23rd pair of chromosomes in the human genome, it doesn't matter that that's either an XX or an XY. Um, <laughs> it's just what you feel. And right. that has then parlayed into the whatever it is, 70 to 90 um, different options that <laughs> Facebook now has for gender. Um, but that imposing anything on that child is is before they're old enough to, to feel that themselves mm -hmm. is somehow cruel. It's just like this. There's a mother up in. Well, <laughs> I don't even know if she refers to herself as a mother. She's non-binary. She is a female. Clearly, she gave birth to well, a child. Wait, wait, wait. Um, she calls herself non-binary. Yeah, so she's... What do we, can we, can we call her an incubator? I guess. I mean, that's essentially what she's, she is. If she's refusing to call herself a female who gave birth to a child, okay, uh -huh. you're an incubator that gave birth to a child. Okay. Um, but she, she fought to have her child um, on their birth certificate to have gender unlisted or undetermined. And oh, she that's lost right. that battle. It was However, X, right? It was X. She wanted X. It was you, oh, undetermined. You. And she got that on the child's, I guess Canada has a sort of a national ID type card thing. <sighs> she got that on the child's card because she wanted the child to be able to make that decision themselves. Well, here's the, the deal, okay? And I, I, my piece, I write this to my unborn child. That's not your decision. You don't, I mean, I, I can decide to dye my hair red. It doesn't change the fact that I'm blonde. I can decide to put in, you know, purple context. It doesn't change the fact that I am genetically blue-eyed. Okay, so, you know, again. No, I think you're right. You know what? I'm going to change that definition. I think that actually blue is really green. Let's just, let's just call you green-eyed now. Fair enough. Why right. not? I mean, look, Chris, remember, you're, you're practicing Catholic. You remember when Pilate turns to Jesus and he kind of mockingly says, you know, <laughs> what is truth? That's really where we're at here today, because yeah. if you can sit here and deny science and deny fact, provable fact, then where are we? I mean, this this woman in the piece, it was so interesting. She she went on to give examples of people who are, you know, uh, born with um, physical defects like, you know, female parts on the outside and male parts on the inside or vice versa or nothing or whatever. And yet, you know, so she's she's calling that then proof that gender is not defined by, you know, what you are uh, anatomically. 
right? Well, but yet that's a genetic anomaly. A, that's that's a, that's a exactly scientific right. genetic anomaly. Well, and not only not only or, is it I'm an sorry, an uh, anomaly. Uh, it, it's a it's a uh, well, an abnormality is what it yeah, is. It's an abnormality. Yeah, it's a, they, they call right. it an abnormality. There's, there's an, and I'm not trying to say defect, but um, well, it is. It, it is, and this is, and I pointed this out in the piece. It's not. It is not to demean or demote the humanity of any of these people, anyone born with a physical defect. But human beings are supposed to have certain sets of things. You know, two arms, two legs, two eyes, and so on. <laughs> yeah. You've got people in, you <laughs> certain, know, Australia that, that, of, that sets of things. Yes, yes. Go exactly. Ahead. There we go. You know. Yeah. And, <laughs> but so, so biologically, we're supposed to have these things. Things, right and right. when things don't you know it can happen like there's a man in australia he's a, uh, a motivational speaker now um nick and i cannot pronounce his last name he's he was born with no appendages he has no arms and no legs and yet we're not changing the anatomical definition of a human being because of someone like that nor are we changing it for someone like the little girl in india who was born with i think it was three sets of legs um wow. so but my point is those those things are abnormalities. But even even with the presence of those abnormalities, you can still do a blood test that looks at your genome and looks at your chromosomes and says, yeah, you are genetically male or you're genetically female. But it's just the point is this woman is 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 suggesting that we deny science and that we and, and that, frankly, this is the part that gets me even more upset and, and why I wrote this letter to my unborn child. This woman and so many others are insisting, forcing society to force this debate on children that are too young to comprehend it. Children do not develop, they're not miniature adults. You know, they, they develop in very unique and very distinct phases. There's four of them, psychologically, emotionally, mentally, there's four of these stages. And when you force these debates on children earlier than they can comprehend it, it screws with them. There are consequences for it. And that's what we're accepting here with, you know, w with trying to be open-minded and, and, you know, um, and accepting of, 98 different genders Got so it. yeah all right well what's the name of the piece <laughs> <laughs> yeah no, i'm sorry sorry you, you cut out just a second there's so it's up on my blog yep. and it's dear unborn child yes you have a gender yeah. and i will uh tweet that out following the segment okay uh it's it's amazing what we find to talk about these days and of course it, isn't it though it doesn't take a it doesn't change a tinker's darn bit of difference or improve anybody's life for these idiots to come in there and say, oh, let's, let's just change designations. Let's, let's, let's be undetermined. Or it, it, it's just idiocy from people who have apparently way too much time on their hands. Mara Ramirez, everybody, glad you made it here to the program. Have a great weekend. Thanks, Chris. You as well. All right, telephone number, folks, if you want to weigh in. Before we skedaddle for uh, the weekend, 888-900-3393, Salcedo Show's back in two shakes. Be right back. The Chris Salcedo Show on the Blaze Radio Network. You're taking in a little Latin flair with Chris Salcedo on the Blaze Radio Network. Trey Lines Phillips. Out the blaze brings us this story out of Indiana. Indiana School District has kowtowed to a prominent atheist group in its complaint about incorporating prayer into its graduation ceremonies. Elkhart Community Schools received a letter of complaint last month from the Wisconsin-based Freedom from Religion Foundation. Freedom from Religion, by the way, does not exist in the U.S. Constitution. Freedom from Religion Foundation uh, 
which I believe should be a hate group, designated as a hate group. Anyway, uh, regarding the fact that prayers were featured in a graduation ceremony at the Roosevelt Steam Academy, an elementary school with a hands-on approach to science, technology, engineering, arts, and math. In response, in a response sent to the Freedom from Religion Foundation late last month, Elkhart Schools District Council Chief Staff and General Counsel W. Douglas Thorne confirmed to the atheist organization that the schools would stop including prayer in their ceremonies. And this is a prime example as to why we need vouchers. Why um, government-run schools are insufficient because they result in a loss of your First Amendment freedoms. The WBAP players, folks, a little tired of all of the bias in the press, and the WBAP players decided to put that being tired to music. Sounds like this. Us and them, we come from different worlds. Can't watch the news no more from some bubble-headed girl. The media's crazy, and they wonder why. Every time they speak of Trump, we think it's all a lie. Is there nothing I can do? I only want to hear the news. It's all Russia, each night and every day. And I just found out that Shepard Smith is gay. <laughs> so it's Putin this, and it's Putin that. This Russian news is just a bunch of crap Is there nothing I can do? I only want to hear the news Amen to that You can call me a fool I only want to hear the news <laughs> Now it's Donald Jr. and a Russian chick <laughs> And I don't care no more, it all just makes me sick it's a hearing there and a hearing here. We'll have to put up with this for three and a half more years. <laughs> Is there nothing I can do? Oh, man. I only want to hear the news. Can I get an amen, please? <laughs> Guess they think I'm a fool. I only want to hear the news. Sometimes I wonder. If it'll ever end It'll probably be the same When I'm messing my depends There's nothing I can do I only want to hear the news Yes, I guess I'm a fool I only want to hear the news I only want to hear the news Yeah Nice work. Our pals of the WBAP players uh, coming up with a good one. I only want to hear the news. Maybe we should send that to CNN. I, <laughs> I'm just saying. I, you know, it does seem like we're this this Russia drumbeat will never. You know who's out there saying that that she has Russia fatigue, ladies and gentlemen. Russia fatigue is coming from uh, Allison Camerata. She is the <laughs> she is the anchor over at CNN, the basket of bias leader who has been driving this idiotic narrative for the entire well at least the last six seven months. 
has been exclusively wall-to-wall 93% of their coverage over at CNN. And then Allison Camerata comes on the air and says, man, am I sick and tired of all this Russia crap? (laughs) It just doesn't get any lamer than that, ladies and gentlemen. Hey, remember, everybody, as we go into the weekend, a society's worth isn't measured by how much power is seized by its government, but rather how much power is reserved for we the people. Have yourselves a great weekend. Ellie, going to miss you, kid. Going to miss you. See you next week, Monday. Bye. This is The Chris Salcedo Show. Part of the next generation of talk radio. This is the Blaze Radio Network.